0: So, I kind of, when we were doing the uh, My Favorite Verses thing, when we would have, a, we had a bunch of different presenters <coughs> here, and I think that that's kind of a little bit of the heart behind this class. We would ask some of the presenters just a little questions about themselves so people could know, and get to know them. Um, so, kind of just, who are you? What, what do you do outside of Otter Creek? Uh, just different things like that. What are you interested in? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's
1: actually interesting. I think maybe maybe what we touch on today, when we when we say, well, a lot of times we say, "Who are you? What do you do?" Almost as if like that's the same thing. You know. <laughs> uh, and, and and when when you meet people, oh, I've got to behave now. When you when you meet people, a lot of times that that's that's maybe the it might be the first you know what's your name what do you do you know that, that's almost it, it's it's just the progression of things it's, and and then when you find out what, what what do they do then you then you that kind of steers the, steers the conversation to any number in any, any number of directions there but uh, but uh, my name is Kevin Colbert there's lots of people in here I, I, that I that I don't know um, and that's that's something we were talking about when we were making announcements. That, you know, I, I I don't go to guys' game night with many people in here. Um, I don't I don't serve on a uh, on a board of the Living Water Project with very many people in here. You're in both of those in Um uh I'm not an elder of this church with anybody else here. That's where I spend a lot of my time. Um, and and you know that's just one of the things that. One of the perils of being in a big church is is just how how to how to really find find amazing things about amazing people that God puts us in community with. Um, and so uh, so that that is I mean the, the very brief version. My my, my wife and I <coughs> uh, grew up in the same small town, Northwest Alabama, and got married, moved to Colorado. Uh, didn't know anybody. Didn't have a place to live. Didn't have a job. Just I needed to get away from my friends, and she needed to get away from her family, and that's what we did. And we wound up staying there for five years. Uh, wound up with twins, uh, and uh, needed to get back closer to family, but not too close. Um, so that's how we wound up in Nashville. And when we moved to Nashville, it's, it's interesting. We we we, grew, we 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 go both grew up at the same church. Small church. Well. We got kicked out of a couple of them along the way, but we went from one small church to another small church to another half of that small church. So, if if, if you want to see, if you want to talk about stars there, uh, I'd be more than happy to lay down on the sofa and and, uh, let you know about some of that. Um, And we 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 looked around at, at lots of different churches when we moved here. We were really disappointed. There was a really nice church close to our house that we could walk to. We, we really wanted to go there because we could walk to it. We would only be ten minutes late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <coughs> uh, and it just it 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 was it was for for whatever reason just wasn't a place that we could we, we felt like we could go in. And we visited here, and then we went fifteen other places, and we visited here again. Um, and. Uh, Interestingly, this will mean something to, to some of the conversation. But the, the first Sunday that we visited here, um, they made an announcement that there was a, there was a young man who had uh, who had passed away, Shannon Dickerson, mm-hmm. uh who uh, who had had it in on his heart that the fact that people didn't have clean drinking water around the world was something that we could do something about, and. Uh, uh, he was, uh, he, he's very shortly there, he raised money for a, for a well, uh, two wells that actually got done, one in and one in, in India, uh, and, and then in his mid-twenties he passed away from a very rare form of cancer, um, but at the time there was a group, a small group, again, a community that, that he was a part of, it. Uh, and, uh, and they went on to say, you know what, next year, let's, let's do another well in Shannon's Honor, and let's do another well. And that became the Living Water Project, which is where I spend mo- most, much of my time, much of my identity at church, much of my views on what, what church should be. It's, it, it, it's colored by people around the world need clean water. And that's just, that's my profession. What do you do, Kevin? I'm a water engineer, right? What's your name? I'm Kevin. What do you do? I'm a water engineer. And, and then that, that all, all the lines start to blur. from air. But we, we wound up here, as I was saying, just a second ago. We, we we got tired of moving our kids to different nurseries. Um, uh, they, they were gonna, we, we had decided at this point they were just gonna scream no matter where they were. So, um, <clears throat> so we wound up. At, uh, at, at Otter at Outer Creek, and uh, in, in a class, we said, you know what? Let's just try it for a few weeks. And they had a uh, parents of young children class that Matt and Mary Ern were teaching. And I kid you not, this was what we called the old building, so it was it was over on Grandmont Pike. I kid you not, it was it was a room about this big. And right across the hall was the nursery. <laughs> and so we sat in class and listened to our kids, our twins, just scream for like 45 minutes. Um, but we stuck it out. And, 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 and uh, we, we started to, to, to meet people and to, and to do things. Um, <clears throat> I'm, so glad that, I'm so glad that we did. <clears throat> but I'm going to probably, before the i out make two references to The Simpsons. So here's the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a few years later, um, <clears throat> I'm working as an engineer and uh, and doing fine, uh, in, enjoying it. But there's this nagging feeling that maybe there's something else, some, something else that, that that could be done. Um, and and I think. You know, if you rewind the clock 15 years or so, if mission work was, I grew up thinking, and I think there's still a pervasive topic. mission work is for missionaries, and, and so it was very difficult for me to think about what I could do with, with my profession um, in, 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 in the mission field, in the kingdom work. And it was very regimented, you know, I was like, I've got my work life, I've got my church life, I've got my family life. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I started to realize that individually those were each unsatisfying. Each unsatisfying. Um, So, uh, there was a Sunday that Charles Colston was speaking at... At Otter Creek, Charles Colston, Charles and Darlene Colston started Making the Streets Ministry in Kenya. If you don't know anything about it, you really need to read up on it. It's a beautiful ministry. It's been going on for 25 or 30 years now. that take street kids off of the uh, off of the streets of Nairobi, Kenya. They bring them, they care for them, it becomes a boarding school, a training school, a vocational school, uh, a place that it can be safe. Uh, and I don't know how many hundreds of kids have gone through that program, but it's a bunch. It actually turned out to be the first place that Living Water drilled really well uh, to help them out with uh, uh, with their farming needs and also their just drinking water needs there. So that, that was interesting. But I'm sitting there in church and Charles Colston was, was giving just what I would call the typical traveling missionaries' speech, uh, sorry, right? You know, it was there were pictures, <coughs> and <coughs> it was a here's how you can help. And if it, if it was like how I grew up, it was one of those things that happened on Sunday night where you had the slide projector, and then uh, and then the traveling missionary goes back into the smoke filled room with the elders, and they write him a five hundred dollar check, and then then they get on his newsletter, right? Um, but uh outer creek was very invested and in, is, is hugely invested in maiden streets but charles colston said something about two minutes into his in introductions of of maiden streets he said we recently drilled a well and we're just having trouble getting the water in the right place around our campus and the whole rest of the time I have no idea what he said because I'm having this Homer Simpson conversation with my brain of I'm a water engineer, they need <clears throat> they need help with water engineering. I'm a water engineer, they need help with the water engineering. And the whole and, and the whole rest of the time he's talking <clears throat> and I'm thinking, I can probably do something about that. And the neck literally the next thing I knew, I was on an airplane to, to Kenya. Um, Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, I forgot to tell Ginger that I was doing that. (laughs) And Our plane tickets, this is back before you got plane tickets on your phone, you actually had a paper ticket. They got delivered to our house the day that she found out that she was pregnant with our third kid. (coughs) So, we had a discussion about communication (laughs) at that time seem like something I might should have mentioned uh, in retrospect we're still together, it's going well and she's gotten used to that over the past uh, 20 some odd years now Um, but but since that time uh, I I did that and and, and as soon as the wheels hit the ground I just knew my life was different I just knew that my life was on a trajectory that I could not uh, I couldn't change um, and since that time, I've gotten more involved with the Living Water Project. We've done about 1,000 wells scattered around the world now. Uh, I work at the University. We've, we've made several trips to Guatemala. Me and my wife and my three kids, we moved to Guatemala for a year. We lived in the, uh, in the mountains without electricity um, uh, for a year, building water systems. Flash forward to today. One of my kids is working for the United Nations High Commission on Refugees, doing refugee resettlement in Central America and the Caribbean, speaking Spanish uh, with people who desperately need some some help doing that. And and and, uh, uh, and I'm so proud about that. I'm proud of the. Other, I like the other two kids also. Um, <laughs> but you know, all of that was because I just happened to be. I just happened to be sitting in the church, and Charles Colston said something that had nothing to do with what his sermon and what his presentation was about, but all of, all of those, you know, you look back, and you can put together all the little breadcrumbs along the way, and it makes you wonder what breadcrumbs are flashing forward to, you know? Um, so, all that to say, that's who I am, that's what I do. Um,
0: well, the only other question I had was like... We're, good, we're almost done, yeah, 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 yeah. The only other question I had about you was why did you choose Otter Creek, which you just kind of explained, so... I did. Uh, it, yeah. I, yeah, you know, I actually think it's a little
1: bit more... Um, I think there are some things in our lives that we don't choose. Yeah. There's a little bit of Harry Potter sorting hat to some things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that churches probably choose you, but I may be wrong about that. But uh, but I think that spouses probably choose you. I think <coughs> that professions probably choose you. I, I don't know if that's correct or not. Through experience, uh, but that's that's. I'm, I think I'm more comfortable thinking that. Yeah, I think I'm more comfortable thinking that. It takes a lot of pressure off. And I think it, I think. I think it takes a lot of pressure off. It's like, oh, I hope I make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, told a, I told a college kid, I'm old enough now, I can call them kids. Uh, I told a college kid just this week, he, he was wanting to go into engineering missions for his career. And I told him, I said, I said, well, maybe we need to work for a little while first. Um, I said, you know, Jesus was a carpenter for 30 years and then went into ministry. Did a pretty good job, <laughs> right? right? Pretty effective ministry, I would say. Um, so, it, so it's okay if you wait a little bit. Um, it's okay if you if you, if you work if, 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 and you get better and you get more training and you get more experience and a few more trips around the sun mm-hmm. um, before you do things like that. Um, so, I uh, when Isaac called and, and asked if I would. Come speak with the class. I said, "Well, well, sure. What's the class about?" Um, He said, "It's on it's on wisdom." I said, "Okay, well, (laughs) I'll find some. I'll go looking." But actually, I I said that when he called us, "I'll go find some between now and then." And I I was kind of joking about that, but but not really. Um, But I I was telling you about the class. I the books of wisdom in the Bible. I haven't sat down and read them in probably decades. I've read pieces of them. And they all wind up in memes, and they all wind up in footers to people's email. Uh, you know, you, you can see pieces of them in so many different places. But reading them from beginning to end, I have not done in years and years and years. And, and I, 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 as it turns out, most of the time, I read on my iPad now, right? Um, is, is, is how I do things. A chapter or two at a time. Uh, hopefully, the car's not moving at the time. I'm not driving at the time. Um, there is some red light reading that I do sometimes. But I came in here, and I, and I actually meant to bring an actual Bible that had actual pieces of paper on it, um, which do, still exists. Uh, but there was a message. That was on the on, on the uh, shelf there, and I I had uh, I read the Message New Testament uh, many years ago, and I still look at it. I just kind of like the the conversational view uh, reading of it. I, thought, I I saw it over there, and, and I thought I wonder what the Message reads like, the the books of wisdom read like in the Message, um, because. the the, 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 the verse, you know, if I was going to go the route of here's here's my favorite verse, I do have one in Ecclesiastes, but I, I was just curious what the message sounded like uh, in the books of wisdom. And they have uh, they have a little introductory paragraph. I was I was going to actually read the introductory paragraph from from the message for Ecclesiastes. Um, Unlike animals who seem quite content to be themselves, we humans are always looking for ways to be more than or other than what we find ourselves to be. We explore for excitement, search our souls for meaning, shop the world for pleasure. The usual fields of endeavor are money, sex, power, adventure, and knowledge. Everything we try seems so promising at first, but nothing ever seems to amount to that much. We intensify our efforts, but the harder we work at it, the less we get out of it. Ecclesiastes is a famous witness to this experience of futility. The acerbic wit catches our attention. The stark honesty compels notice, and people do notice, so they notice. Non-religious and religious alike notice. More than a few of them are surprised to find this kind of thing is in the Bible itself. But it is most emphatically and necessarily in the Bible in order to call a halt to our various and futile attempts to make something of our lives so that we can give our full attention to God, who God is and what He does to make something of us. Ecclesiastes doesn't actually say that much about God. The author leaves that to the other 65 books of the Bible. His task is to expose our total incapacity to find the meaning and recollection and completion of our lives on our own. Um, I just love that. I, I, that I was trying to think of a way to summarize it, um, and, and it was just, just right there. But my favorite, my favorite verse is is John sixteen thirty three. Um, I, I come I come into the world just to give you peace. But don't worry, I've already <coughs> able to overcome the world. You know, I, I, I read the end the book, I've it. That's my favorite. But. From a practical standpoint, in a life standpoint, one that has, for obvious reasons, kept calling me back is in the first chapter of Ecclesiastes, where he's just rattling off, mm-hmm. rattling off like, I haven't found meaning anywhere. Everything is meaningless. It's a smoke, it's a vapor, it's a chasing after the wind. Um, uh, everything is meaningless. There's a, uh, there's a verse that says, and it's almost Ironically, the the translation in the message I think is verbatim. The translation from the NIV or the NRSV very very similar, which I think is interesting. But all the rivers flow to the sea, but the sea never fills up. The rivers keep flowing to the same old place, and then they start it all over again. Um, And I obviously. For, for professional reasons, I gravitate toward things that are water. Right? I gravitate toward things that are water. The second verse of the Bible, God, God, God God's spirit was hovering over the waters. You know? um, he established his presence here on earth before he took on the lights in, in verse 30. He was here over the waters. Um, uh, so anytime there's a verse about water, I, I, I zero in on that. But all rivers flow to the sea, but the sea never fills up. Um, now, practically speaking, that is just talking about how the appetites that we have, all they are appetites. And we can keep shoveling fuel into that, and it's only just going to burn and create more appetite. Hydrologically speaking, it's the hydrologic cycle, right? <laughs> right? It's, 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 uh, it's precipitation, and it's evaporation, and it's precipitation and I don't think that's exactly what he's talking about here Um, but I like to think that he is and I I, I only say that partially as a joke But, but it's about how things go in cycles and how things are made new and we have a God that makes new things but we also have a God that makes things new and sometimes that newness just falls from the sky and I love that I love that image and I love the fact that you can look at the ocean and know that all the rivers flow to the ocean but it's still sea level and it doesn't change and and just all, all the rivers flow into that sea and he may not have realized when he wrote this that evaporation from that sea condensation up into clouds precipitation back down to earth is why the seas don't fill up but he just knows that there's an awful lot of water that goes there and it just never fills up. Sure. Um, so that is, uh, if you ever want to have a really long conversation about the hydrologic cycle and its meaning uh, spiritually, I'm, I'm all for that. But that is that is the wisdom that I keep coming back to because I have tried, you have tried it, everyone in here has tried to fill up that seed and, and then realize that it just doesn't get any forward. It. it just doesn't get any forward. And we fill it up with good things, jobs, family, and adventure, um, but it, it doesn't get any forward.
2: Kevin, is that is that uh, cycle similar to, Death, burial, resurrection cycle—is there—is there some of that as well like, that we see all throughout Scripture? I think
1: so. I, I think so. I think I think Scripture is full of, first of all, water imagery. I think that I think that any time in the Bible in the stories where water comes in, I, to me, because it, because it's the people who were writing it and reading it and living it and hearing it going to get water, as you, as you see with what we do with living water, it's a daily life and death thing, right? They don't just turn on a tap and it comes out. Like going to get it, to meet a woman at a well, you know, anything like that. That's where, the, that's where the writers of the Bible are saying, I need you to pay attention, because I'm about to say something fundamental here. And, and water is, is often viewed as, it, used as an image to, as, as a means of delivery. Like Noah was delivered through water to safety. Baby Moses was delivered through water to safety. The children of Israel were, de- were delivered through the Red Sea to safety. They crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land. You know, uh, Jonah was delivered through water in a really interesting way into safety. Um, and I think all of all of that, all of those stories, that the original people would have heard. Oh yeah, yeah. That that makes total sense. That, that makes total sense. And and the, the, certainly the waters that are associated with physical birth is there, but certainly the waters of spiritual birth, and birth, I think is, uh, is resolved
0: from that. So I'm curious, um, like, the NIV, or the NIV, which I, I have, is pretty much the same thing. It says, all streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again, right? right. Is the wisdom for you? Because I, I think it could probably come in a few different ways or a few different areas. But like when I'm thinking of it, is it does it remind you of like the sovereignty of God? Does it remind you of like your place within like the universe of God? Like where's the comfort or where's the wisdom for you? I guess what does it mean for you? And why is it wisdom?
3: Well, I think I
1: think I think it's. I think in order to be wisdom, it has to operate on on multiple levels. Sure. No, otherwise it's just a meme, right? <laughs> otherwise it's just it's just it's just a meme. It's just it's just something that you put put. Well, to some one on. could argue memes operate on multiple levels as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they could. It could. <laughs> um, but uh, uh-huh. but but to me it 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 operates on the spiritual and the physical, mm-hmm. and that's. That I think is where we live. You know, that's that's where we operate. Too. Totally. That's that's the communion service, right? It's mm-hmm. the body and the blood, and, and, and we don't know exactly how that translates into spirit, but we know that it does. And uh, and to me, it it is a physical reminder that all things are made new. Mm-hmm. But it's a slap in the face of you are not going to feel yourself. And that that's the that and, and depending on what's going on in my life and what my attitude is, I need I need both. Right? Yeah. I need I need to know that things are going to be made new. But I also just need to be reminded that the things that I'm feeling my life up with uh, aren't going to aren't going to change the level. Mm-hmm.
2: It also seems that that's not the purpose like the purpose of the river is not to fill up the ocean and that there's a freedom knowing that your purpose in life is not to be full it's not like your purpose in life is to to experience to experience that transition to you know and know that it's not
1: that you are not God Right. right the ocean's going to be fine without my contributions to it it's it's going to be just fine. The universe is going to be just fine without my contributions to it. It, it doesn't depend on on me at all. Uh, I'm not going to wreck it. I'm not going to save it. You know, um, and that's that that's that's pretty comforting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, the whole but we still want to do we still want to do more. This is my second sentence reference just because I saw this episode earlier this week. I know it's not great theology, but. Um, but Homer is talking to Mr. Burns, the, the, the guy who owns all of Springfield. Um, he owns the power plant, and uh, you know he's just a just a prototypical uh, bad bad guy who owns the town. Uh, and uh, and he is he is very in a very Ecclesiastes way. Mr. Burns is talking about how he's just not happy. You know, he's lonely. It has all—all all that he has hasn't made him happy. Um, and and Homer says, but Mr. Burns, you're the richest person I know. And Mr. Burns says, Yes, I know. And I'd give it all up for just a little bit more. I'd like, give it all up for just a little bit more. And it's, it's, it's just is a is a fascinating chasing after the wind. You know, like all the things that we have, I would just give anything to just have a little bit more. Including I just give up everything that I have to just have a little bit more of the things that I have. Um, and anyway that was may- maybe not the deepest theology that's ever come out of this this building. But uh, but I think there is some wisdom to that. I think there is I think there is some wisdom to that. And if you read through the books of wisdom, you'll hear the voice of Mr. Markman's, I think. Of of I give it all up for just a little bit
0: more. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me because the end of Ecclesiastes kind of says, you know, now all that this is, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And yeah. the beginning of Proverbs, it starts with, you know, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, I think it's interesting how you're talking about, you know, your experience of... Like, there, there's something observable, right? Like, the river running into the sea, and the sea is never full, right? Kind of puts a, your, a perspective on you of, like, I'm not God, this thing's always happening. Yeah, all signs point to right? that, right. not um, case. Yeah. Right, so there's, there's this concept of, like, it points to... An experience of fearing God, which then, like then, you can live out of that place. I guess that's. I think that's really cool. And, yeah,
1: and I, I again, I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's. I think that there is wisdom from all all sources in this world. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. in Shakespearean plays, the fool is all, almost always the, the, the wisest one, which I think is is, uh, is interesting for us. Um, we have access to an awful lot of information and an awful lot of opinions, and being able to sift through that is
0: uh, uh, not not altogether easy. Um, yeah, we've talked about that have, have, like a um, multiple that, times. It's, that's a common theme in yeah. this room. I see that. why keep talking. Did you notice that
1: it says a, a thousand ways that don't work? It's <laughs> <is> the title <laughs> of Ecclesiastes. But yeah, uh, but but that 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 is that is difficult. And you know, I I mentioned very briefly. I'm, I'm one of the elders here at Upper Creek. I have been for the past six or seven years. Uh, I was told by a historian, by a person who put together a, a history of Otter Creek that I was the youngest elder ever at Otter Creek. Uh, I'm still the baby of the bunch, uh, uh, which, which is interesting. I'm the youngest, uh, youngest old creepy person there. Um, but it has been a lovely, lovely experience doing that. Very humbling experience. But it's been lovely to be around other, there's wisdom. In, in that group. I mean there there is there is wisdom. There's humor, there's humility, but there's wisdom in that group too. And I just kinda of want y'all to know that. I want you to know that. Right. We're the, the, we're all collectively just as just as imperfect as we are individually. Um, but there is there is wisdom in that in that group. And, and that, that has been a very, very rewarding experience to to just be I'd be a part of
0: that. Um, yeah, it has been. I mean it. <laughs> <You're> not lying. <laughs> I wanted to toss a question just to the group. I was really struck. I felt, I felt like this was a profound statement in the intro. In you know, um, is it did Peterson like these intros as well, or is it? I think he has a he. he 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 credits a team of about 12 people who helped him with the Old Testament. So, maybe. (laughs) Put his name on it. It's Peterson and Jason. Yes. Unlike animals who seem quite content to simply be themselves, we humans are always looking for ways to be more than or other than what we find ourselves to be. So, I, I was just really struck by that phrase. But, like,. What is that experience like in your lives? Like, what is it What is it like to be striving to be something other than what you are currently? I guess if that makes sense. Again, like Getting real, what does that feel like for you? I think that can be good and bad. Like, as you grow up, there's like a healthy level of figuring out the world and figuring out yourself but, um, as far as like developing an identity. And, um, you know, I also think there's like Healthy levels of ambition that we should feel like in our places of work or you know sure. growing a family and things like that. Um, but like kind of what's been alluded to so far, like it's like those things have their their purpose and their um, their role in our lives. But at the same time, like you're going to get all sorts of lost if you let one of those things like become you know the thing to mm-hmm. to strive after. So I think I think overall like. A healthy level of searching and like wondering who you are and your place in the world like is is a good thing yeah i like the way that you phrase it when i when i heard it i thought oh well that's bad but you're like no there's a, there's some good to curiosity and there's some good to searching and seeking right which i like the way and then you, you know you go you know, if you search too much, you can find yourself in a, in a bad spot, right? Yeah. I don't know. What else? What is it? What are some other thoughts on that?
3: I was just talking about it with my husband this morning, actually. Um, I'm, uh, say I'm just a mom. I homeschool my kids, and I'm a nurse, and I stay home, and we were touring Lipscomb the other day with our kids and I ran into a lady who's the director, assistant director of the biology department. And I looked at her and I was like, I, like I can see her 19 years old. Like I pledged with her at ACU a million, <laughs> million years ago, but she's doctor now. And it was just so interesting to think through how my life has been so different than her life in so many ways. And it's easy to go, oh, you know, here I am just a mom, but I try always with my kids to say you know what does God want you to be mm-hmm. and is am I any less of something to God or his kingdom because I am just a mom I have homeschooled my kids I've been a nurse and this life has been so different and so for me I think it's a being honest with my humanity to go oh am I less than but like we, we started out with the same tools and where did we go from there mm-hmm. but then also to pause and go isn't, isn't my life beautiful and I want my kids to see, like, you are who God says you are, and not what the yeah. people around you say or what you're striving for. So I think it's a good balance to say, I don't want to leave anything on the table. I want to be the most that God has put in me to be. And if and if that's, you know, a doctor and a you know, some of who researches breast cancer, you know, that's amazing. And if it's a mom who loves all kids and works in the nursery and is a nurse to people, that's amazing, too. My job is to not leave anything on the table and to keep pointing back to, God, who did you make me with me? How, how, how do I fill myself up? But also, to be honest, those times when I get to a crossroads and go, ah, did I leave something on the table? Could I have been more? Am I less than her? It's okay to look that in the face because that's the only way to get through to, no, God, it's just as beautiful. It's just different.
1: And I think that's the real harm in the. So tell me what you do. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you do. That's that's a because it, it can lead to less greater than less than feelings and even <laughs> inadvertent conversations that way and, and you know anytime we think of ourselves as less than or somebody else as less than I can just imagine God saying don't talk about my kids that way you know just like if somebody said well that kid is better than that kid of yours I'm like don't talk about my kids that way you know they're not the same I have identical twins they're not the same and I'm not mean to yell I'm sorry (laughs) but but I just I do think that I do think that God my view of God is he gets pretty upset with us when we're talking about his kids that way we're the worst
0: that's right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and and I yeah I love that. Or I, and I and I can imagine that a fear of the Lord helps you to live life by God's. You yeah, know whose life, whose standard do I am I living by? Whose standard do I judge myself by? You know. And you're exactly right. Like being who God intended me to be, right? It's hard.
2: I think, to me, where I am in my life right now, the art of trying to find myself or find where I fit in, it's very much of a um, releasing what I think about myself and letting God speak into what he sees in me. And so whatever job it is, to be able to accept that God has me exactly where he can use me the best. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's scary because there is this, well, what if I choose it right? What if I choose it wrong? You know, like this one path, this one way. But the beauty of God is that he can bless your messes just as he can bless your successes.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing just like a, what I'm hearing from like a lot of responses, is like a, a concurrence on like stressing, like being present in the moment. And experiencing where you are and avoiding an over-identification with like what you're doing or like what you what your worldly identity is right and then not and not wanting to become so comfortable that you're not willing to move and go somewhere different right and so it's kind of having a a few like I I just keep thinking of fear the Lord right Um, Knowing who I am in relation to who God is, that he's God and I'm not. That's the definition of fear of the Lord that, that is just like reverberates really in my head all the time. Um. Well,
1: you know, when you when you read the, the books of wisdom and Ecclesiastes I think especially so it it, it is wisdom that's attributed to Solomon. Whether whether he sat down and wrote it all, or whether it was just people cobbled it together and it, or some, some some mix of the two, I, I don't I don't really know. But it's attributed to Solomon. Uh, but it is all about. It, it, it's very sarcastic in some places. Very. I'll, I'll, I would even go so far as to say, irreverent, you know, like, well, take it, read read some of the Psalms too, right? Um, uh, but it, it is all about a person who achieved essentially ultimate power, ultimate riches, ultimate power, and it did not make them happy. And, and, and it wasn't just ultimate power and ultimate riches, but it was a, allegedly ultimate wisdom as well, that none of those things made translated into, into happiness. And, Perhaps the wisdom of Solomon isn't that he was wise about the hydrologic cycle, it's just that he accumulated wisdom to realize that he did not have the capability to make himself happy with the things that he got, the things that he he accumulated, and and what he did for a living. He came for a living, um, but it did not translate into happiness. And I think that there is wisdom in that realization that that those things aren't going to make you happy. And he, he's got he, he, the, the the author, the writings of Ecclesiastes, they they're pretty forthright with uh, with, and that's just the way God is. He just he just he just does things. and um, uh, it's pretty. Uh, it's the kind of stuff that we would feel some guilt about saying, you i know, thinking that maybe there's some wisdom in saying those things. No. So maybe, that's the, maybe that's the takeaway. Maybe that's the lesson Would you in no. prayer. Yeah. Um, God, thank you that there is... Thank you that wisdom sticks around, that the wisdom written down, spoken about two, three, four thousand years ago sticks around um, and that what was probably some inaccuracies and some silliness and some, uh, uh, some people talking about themselves and other people in ways that you wouldn't want talking about your kids but that doesn't stick around I and mean, help us to sift through that today uh, to know that there is wisdom out there today and there's also a lot of other chasing after the wind out there today, but just to have the confidence that 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 the wisdom that is there, that has been here, that has always been there, is gonna stick around, and that people, two, three, four thousand years from now, will still be going back to it, will still be trying to interpret it, will still be trying to live it out. God help us to do what we can to pass that along, and to, uh, Maybe put aside some of this illness that produces it sometimes. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.